For more than a decade, FTI has strived to become the leader in the aftermarket, performance, transmission, and converter industry. We've joined forces with McLeod Driveline Components under the leadership of Top Fuel Funny Car Pilot Paul Lee, and now have a larger distribution network, more resources, and more power. Come see us in the pits and ask how you can join the FTI family. It's not cheating. It is the competitive edge. It's time for an inside look at the most powerful motorsport on the planet. WFO Radio, NHRA Nitro. This is WFO Radio. Hey, everybody. WFO Radio back on the air. That's right. When we parted ways earlier in the week, I said maybe it would be the last show of the week. And then I thought about it and I said, oh, no. Oh, no. We got to catch up with Clay. We got to catch up with G.A. We got to talk to these guys that have just gotten the job done out there in St. Louis. And that's exactly what we are going to do. So fans of Clay Milliken, fans of Greg Anderson, you're going to want to share the show. Clay going to be up first. G.A. going to be up second. Maybe a little crosstalk. Right. We'll see what happens as we get ready. But three races are down, three races to go. And I am packing my bags as we speak for the maybe not as we speak, but like minute before the show uh, to go to the stampede of speed Thursday. I'll be there Friday, Saturday and on through the following weekend at the fall nationals. And remember, WFO Patreons, we're going to do a big meet up there. It's going to be a lot of fun for the whole WFO universe. Super exciting. We had a great show yesterday with Alan Reinhardt. He was on the road, kicked around a lot of the hot topics. And uh, all we always ask, it's pretty consistent on the show, since you guys are our best marketing platform. Like someone could see a logo on Facebook and maybe check it out. But when you tell your friends to check out this show, and you share the show on your feed, boy, does it help us big time. Let me tell you about the people who make it possible for me to talk to drag racers for a living. And I'm talking about Total Seal Piston Rings, the leader in ring seal technology. We've got a new episode of Hidden Horsepower. Get ready to drop. All you podcast listeners, be ready. Shane T., Shane Tecklenburg, he's doing EFI stuff like across all platforms. And you are going to love it, whether it be Bonneville, Pikes Peak, Drag Racing, Factory Showdown, Factory X, Pro Stock, uh, Import Stuff. It's amazing to hear him talk about EFI and how we've really barely scratched the surface of what is possible. That is the next episode, newest episode of Hidden Horsepower. Check it out. FTI Performance Transmissions and Torque Converters. You already heard a little bit about them. Big power, driving on the street, driving on the track. FTI can help you. FTIPerformance.com. Fog it. Oh, this is a great company that was started by racers. Gary Stennett, Steve Williams, solving a problem that everybody has that they don't know they have. And that is microscopic corrosion on the inside of their racing engine. At the end of the night, you just fog it down. You fog it down with some fog it. And it's a great product to keep in the shop around the house because it does uh, many things. But its primary function is to knock down rust and corrosion at the microscopic level between races. Maybe you want to, you know, pickle your engine for the winter. That's what the product was designed for. F-O-G-G-I-T, and they've got a great contingency program at the divisional level. Bernie Speed Shop, 100,000 square feet at Bernie's, baby. If you're buying, you're selling, you're selling on consignment, you're looking for your next car, a classic muscle car. Josh Hart's got you covered up there at Bernie's, Ocala, Florida. Reach out to them, follow them on social media, and tell them you heard about it on WFO Radio. And then, of course, Phillips Connect. 
smart trailer technology for the people in the transportation industry that are smart enough to know you're making money when your trucks are on the road and you're not making money when they're not. So you might as well invest a little bit to keep them out on the highways and byways instead of in the shop or on the side of the road. Phillips-connect.com. Later on in the show, I'll tell you about Frank Hawley's Drag Racing School. I'll tell you about Marvin Rodak, and I'll tell you about samtech.edu. But right now, we're going to bring in friend of the show and three-time winner in 2023 for Rick Ware Racing, Mr. Clay Milliken. Good What's morning or afternoon or whatever it is, wherever you're at. I can tell you it's morning for me. Yeah, me too. Still having some coffee this morning, thinking about Dallas already. And uh, kind of like you, I, I, I'm not packing right this moment, but I'm kind of in that process, to be honest with you. Uh, well, exactly. And uh, a lot of people were saying things like, thank goodness, uh, you know, the end of three in a row and I have an off weekend next weekend. And every time they said that, I said, well, I'm going to the Stampede of Speed and I will be there for 10, 11 days and it's going to be awesome. It's such a great event, um, but it, it's going to be special. But the end of the year is torrid. It's a tough pace of travel, of work. But I bet when you carry home one of those little gold men, it makes it all worthwhile. Oh, I mean, you know, it's it's such a relief and incredibly like tiring at the same time. I mean, because you go, 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 you go through four rounds of elimination and you are just so wound up. And I mean, people that know me, they know I'm kind of wound up all the time anyway. Uh -huh. But boy, I just ride that adrenaline you know, and, and I'm a zero drinker, so I don't want people to think this, but boy, when it comes to, I don't know, probably one o'clock Sunday night, Monday morning, whatever, man, I am done. My battery just, it's just like, boom. Yes. I slept late Monday. We stayed at the racetrack and uh, slowly made our way home, which St. Louis is really close. It's only 260 some miles from, from the house. And I kind of drug around on Tuesday, but I've, I've been back wound up yesterday and been wide open today, you know, cleaning the motor home, getting things ready, you know, doing a few interviews here and there, which is always awesome. And I always enjoy coming on WFO because it's WFO. You've been around for a while, buddy, like me. That's so true. Let's not age ourselves, but it is true. Like in all full <laughs> honesty, right? So here's, here's the deal, Clay, like this one, I want it to be real, real loose and super cash and the fans checking in and talking about like multiple subjects. Like I want to ask about Bruce Reed and those guys and, and, uh, and Jimmo because Dallas is kind of like a home for him, but you were on with Brian and the, the two people that I reached out to because I knew they would be the easiest to get on and our friends of the show, you and GA, right? Like easy, easy peasy friends of show. And you were on with Brian as well on NHRE insider. So I want to make yeah. sure we cover some same stuff, but some different stuff so that uh, everybody can listen and enjoy both interviews at the at the same time. Let's start out with, you know, Illinois, man. What is it? You got you <laughs> swept the state of Illinois this year. Yeah, I, I heard somebody saying that. I don't know if it was you or Alan, you know, Illinois state champ or whatever. That's kind of cool. You know, it's uh, it. I don't know what it is. I can, well, actually, I can tell you exactly what it was. It was hot in Chicago and it was hot in St. Louis. That's been like our magic recipe this year for uh, winning Wally's. You know, I don't know. Track temp thing has just been in our favor when it's up. But 
you know, the St. Louis race, if, if we think a little bit, you know, not that long ago, that place was covered in weeds. You know, it was closed. It wasn't open. And then we go through this past weekend to a sellout crowd, which was incredible. You know, they, they had a packed house every day of the event. I don't want to call it a flawless event. It was a challenging event. You know, the, the racetrack certainly has some uh, character, I, I guess is a nice way to put it. Yep. You know, and, and it's kind of cool. You got Greg coming on as well because both of us battled the, uh, I can't think the exact quote in Days of Thunder, but we, we, you know, the treacherous left lane, you know, if you go to the outside, you can hold it, you know, and uh, Greg and I both turned the wind light on from the lane that nobody wanted. Actually, I turned on, I guess, three of them from that left lane. I'm not sure what, where Greg was at the rest of the day, but you know, it was definitely a challenging racetrack, you know, where you positioned the car, how you got it down the racetrack. And uh, to do that with so many Friends and family there for me was was huge. Every win is always huge, and always have all these incredible stories. And I end up crying about them. And uh, but it makes it mean so much to to win one of these things. And it also is how hard it is to do it. You know, obviously Greg has a pile of them. You know, and uh, but each one and everyone has its own special little story. And this weekend was no different for me. Yeah, I, the special paint scheme was something. So so in the effort to make it different from the NHRA Insider, we are going to, and I know you're cool with this, uh, everybody in the chat section, if you've got a question for Clay, put it in the chat, right? Like, uh, let's uh, let's make it live fan interaction. Like this guy, Michael Heiner, just saying congratulations, crew chief for the Get Biofuel Pro Stock team. Uh, you know, this person, it's Tracy. She's out there, says it's nice to have an extra week to savor the the win. The fam was out there again. So that's uh, yes. two out of three. The family was there. Yes, out absolutely. There, they're all on. Yep. Look, agree. It was... Uh, it was it was on uh, next one after Bandemir. Yeah, I mean it, it's always good. You know, you would think, well, that might be added pressure having them there, but actually, it's just more relaxing. I mean, we do so many things together. Uh, I mean, Tracy was over here yesterday, and we're a very close family, and it makes it so much fun. And that, if that's uh, you know something that we need to do, we're going to figure out how to get them at every race. You know, we Tracy's now retired, and we're trying to figure out you know how to get Lee to to just quit her job. She's got a good job, so she's probably not going to quit. But uh, Quit, Lee. Just blow yeah, it off. Come on. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we probably could figure out how to get her dragster in the trailer, and, we, you know, she could just start super comp racing, you know? I, I like it. Buddy Hall like out there. Boy, you've got a celebrity audience here, Clay. That is great, uh, what, buddy. Man, I tell you what, how about Buddy this weekend? You know, he's he did not get in, and I've been there, done that, Buddy. I know how that feels. But how crazy was that qualifying? You know, a couple – couple of 392s right there at the end of the session. And, you know, Brittany was barely in or wasn't in and got in on the last one. And Buddy made a good run. Then Lex June made a good run. I mean, top fuel's tough. Yeah. I don't like the three qualifying sessions. There, I've said it. I, I just, I know maybe it's good that it's tricky. And in a four qualifying session race, you don't have Brittany and Robert and JR all going to the final qualifying session, trying to get in and all of that. I, I kind of prefer four qualifying sessions and from what i understand the rest of the season is for qualifying session um what about you what do you what, what's your take on that is it just like race what they tell you to do do you care for next year oh i mean for me it's one more opportunity to ride the ultimate roller coaster you know give me four qualifying runs just for the fact that 
I get to stomp on that loud pedal. I mean, that's, uh, that is definitely, you know, what, what I love about my job is, uh, just like that car above me. It's on this side over here, stomp on that loud pedal, because that's what I love to do. And, you know, it, uh, I guess you could look at it multiple ways. Yes, it did give it some, some questions, you know, going into that last session, you know, who's going to get in, who's not, you know, it also probably is a, obviously a little less data, 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 however you want to say that for the crew chiefs, especially on a tricky racetrack, the way St. Louis is, you know, but I mean, for the fans, you obviously probably want four, you know, a lot of people got there, you know, like way early and, and probably didn't look at the schedule and realize we only were making three one on Friday instead of two. Yeah. Nobody looks at the schedule. They, they, no. <laughs> they, they, including they, me they either. <laughs> they go to the rate, like it's four. Uh, there's two on Friday and there's two on Saturday. And it's like, Oh, not really anymore because of the pandemic It's like, what pandemic, what yeah. happened? So let's yeah. go through your round by round. Heiner doesn't like uh three in the countdown either. Uh, Billy's got a question about your co-crew chief and what he's going to do. Lee says she's ready to go race and she's ready to quit her job. She's ready to throw it all away. Way to go, <laughs> uh, Lee. But let's talk about that round one matchup against Austin Proc. You qualified seventh. He qualified 10th. You're wearing new colors this weekend. Comp cams, Edelbrock, great looking machine. I know they've helped you out on a lot of your uh, different projects and you work, uh, you work very closely with them and um, they've been supportive of some things that we're doing here on WFO as well. Can't wait to talk a little bit more publicly about that. But um, whenever you got a special paint scheme, that increases the intensity a little bit. You're repping somebody different. You want to make it count for them. So tell me about that run against Austin where you got down 376 one at 333. That's uh, you know what it took to win. You know, we didn't plan on uh, Austin smoking the tires. I'll just say that, you know, you, when you're racing a force car, you never, you know, you know, they got all the resources, everything that, that's needed to go out there and turn wind lights on. But the one strategic move that Jimmo made was so just a lot of people probably already know this, but according to where you qualify is how you get to choose what position you go out for first round. So the number one qualifier can choose one through eight, whatever position they want to go out. And I don't know what Jimmo had to choose from, but I do know whatever was left, he chose to go out last. We went out eighth pair. And the reason I know that was very strategic because I mentioned the hot racetrack. I know he was waiting on the sun to get as high, high as it possibly could and warm that racetrack as much as it could. And was that part of the reason Austin smoked the tires at the starting line? I don't know. You know, and from the driver's seat, you know, you're racing a kid that's going to tattoo that starting line. And, and he absolutely did. And I just tried to do my normal deal. And, you know, uh, as I went down the racetrack, you know, the thing's bouncing and dancing and, uh, that treacherous old racetrack, but we were in the right lane that go round. And when the wind light come on, it's like, whoo, got, got the first one out of the way. And for me, round one, by far the hardest round there is, you know, the butterflies have landed about the time the uh, national anthem's playing. And, you know, you got to just kind of get in there and uh, try to get the butterflies to go away. Even after 25 years, they still show up. And I still love that nervous, excited feeling. And, uh, when the wind light comes on, it's even better. Exactly. No, it was, uh, it was interesting. Obviously we had kind of a prolonged delay in round yes. one and I, I don't wish that on anyone. I know Lex and Gerda do such a great job with what they've got. And the last thing they want to do is slow the program down, but that maybe 
played into your hands as well because it got way hotter than anyone expected. Like first round lasted, it felt like 40 minutes longer than it would normally have. Yeah, I, I would have to agree. You know, uh, Jimbo's game plan was for the track to get hotter. And obviously the longer we waited, the hotter it got. And, you know, that probably affected our ET a little bit because we were a little off from what the other cars ran. But we also had an extra 40 minutes of, of heat in the racetrack, you know, and Jimbo was making adjustments literally right up till basically he started the car, you know, and I think we went 76 at 328, something like that. I'm, I'm not good on remembering those things because it all kind of, you know, gets, gets wound up and things get going. And, uh, you know, you move from that one run to the next run. And all I know, again, that whirly bird was blinking on our side of the racetrack. Uh, good wind lights at Worldwide Technology Raceway, by the way. That's, uh, you know, not every track has got a very clear and definitive wind light. They do. It's very yes. easy to see from a million miles away. So you take down Austin, 376-1333. Go on to run Mike Salinas, Mr. First Ever to the 300 at the eighth mile. And uh, you run 85, he runs 80. So the scoreboard is telling us what happened. You were only 285 miles an hour, but your 37 reaction time coupled with his 121 like a little either way made the difference but you had you did you did what you had to do to win the race but what did that feel like cuz he's thundering by at 318 you're going 285 you had to be wondering like oh man is he coming around me oh i mean when i when i hit the tree i'm like oh yeah i tagged that one i knew i i knew i got it like the moment the tree flashed i'm 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 gone and as I rolled by, you know, I felt like I definitely had the advantage and the car's running really good. And by the time we get past the shake zone, you know, get to the 330 foot cone, the smile starts to come because you're like, OK, we're in good shape, you know, and I'll tell the truth. You know, I've got blinders on my helmet, but I'm I am peeping over like I know that Rob Flynn car, you know, rips obviously to half track. And when I go by the eighth mile cones, I still don't see him. And then as we're rolling up there about 800 feet, the belt comes off our car and now I'm coasting and uh, I'm definitely doing the Fred Flintstone. You know, it's like, come on, come on, come on. And when he goes ripping by, I was like, I think I got there. And again, back to that wind light, I was like, whoo, we did, you know, and uh, that was, a, that was huge. I mean, Mike and, and Rob Flynn have definitely had our number this year. They put us on the trailer more than I even care to think about. And, you know, we've, We've just, I don't know what it is. It's, it's been one thing after the other when we raced those guys. So to turn that wind light on was huge. And, you know, a lot of people was like, oh, whole shot win. I don't even look at it that way. You know, I, I've lost us plenty of races and it's just like we won, you know, forget the whole shot, whatever. It doesn't, doesn't really matter to me because the wind light's all we're looking for and, and, we, and we turned the wind light on. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Like the funny car guys are real anti talking about whole shots because they don't want to depict their competition in a negative light. It's real samurai respect kind of thing. Oh, um, I'm, not, I'm not buying into that. I mean, you know, <laughs> if people want to talk about it, they talk about it. I'm not doing it because I am true believer of we win, we lose. Not I won on a whole shot. It's just not that way for me. You know, the kids working on the car, if they didn't give me a car that ran 385, it wouldn't have mattered when I hit the throttle, you know? Right. So it's a wee thing. Keelan's out there. Oh, man, that's trouble. 
Uh, yeah, it is for you because, you know, I said that I, I like, we got to make this as different from all the other shows as possible. So, hey, Keelan, why don't you put in the chat section a cool, fun story that Clay will have to tell us about that only <laughs> you know? Wouldn't that be fun, Keelan, from when you guys were coming up? Something cool? That's not terrible, right? Like, no. fun that Clay will have to respond to, Keelan. Please uh, assist on that while we talk about the semifinal against Tony Schumacher. Tony Schumacher beat Brittany first round. Tony Schumacher beat Antron second round. That is a team that deserves their due because they are coming around. Like, everybody knew eventually they would. It just always takes longer than you think it's going to. And that was a good race. Um, your 82 beats his 86 and you left first by a thou 88 to an 89. But at that point of the day, man, it was hot. Like that was, I don't know, max heat, at least what it felt like. It, it was definitely a warm one. You know, anytime you're racing the Sarge, you know, you're going to, you're going to have a guy that's dead solid on the starting line. Uh, I mean, neither one of us are going to be bragging about those reaction times, but you can look at that as we were, 88, 89. So sun shining the way it is. They had sprayed the track right in front of us. We were the first pair out. You had a little bit of glare from the glue. All these things play a factor into what you see. And it's kind of funny. So after we won, you know, second round, I actually rode back in the tow vehicle with Tony's guys. And, and you know, they were joking. Oh, you may not make it back to your trailer, you know, but Tony and that team have definitely been on the move. You know, they're, they, they went around us in points, you know, the previous race. And, and we definitely got a battle with those guys, you know, to stay inside the top 10. And so that was a pivotal round just points wise, you know, and a lot of people are all they're thinking about is championship, but, you know, we're thinking about top 10 and I know Tony's team is as well. And so that was a huge run for us, but we kind of had a repeat, you know, uh, we went a little quicker, but we, threw the belt off again, you know, so that was uh, two runs in a row there that, that we kind of had that happen. Then we found out why as we got ready for the final. So that was uh, getting ready for the final. I don't know if you want me to go there yet or not, but that's, we did find out why. Well, let's find out why, because you're getting ready for the final. And what I found to be interesting is you got Tony Stewart in the booth and he is, you know, he's all motorsports, just like Rick Ware is all motorsports, but a lot of attention for the NASCAR side and the success. And the two newest owners, right? Like, let's put it that way. Two guys who came in from outside of drag racing because they fell in love with drag racing. And now they're going to have to race each other, their teams, in the final round. I found that to be really interesting and intriguing. Like, here we go, right? So you're preparing to run against Tony Stewart Nitro, Leah Pruitt, that whole team. And you had an issue. What was the problem? How did you guys figure it out? Well, I mean, the thing had kicked the belt off, like say two runs in a row, you know, slowing the car down. And and luckily we, you know, we had still had the advantage and, and got the wind lights, but essentially what happened, we had broken the front cover uh, for, for a lot of people, basically the front part of the engine that where the timing goes, timing cover in, in normal world. And uh, so the bottom pulley was not staying square, which allowed the belt to jump off. And so the kids got the short block change. You know, we had a whopping 55 minutes and, and they swapped the engine in and out. And on the Tony and Rick thing, I, I do know those two were texting each other after both cars had won the semis. And, you know, I don't really know what the text conversation was, but I think that's pretty neat that, you know, Tony's in the booth and Rick's at Talladega, you know, watching, watching his cars there. And, uh, it was, it was going to be a big race because Leah has definitely been on the move. Her car's just been rock solid. 
And it's kind of funny. I think it, I don't know if it was Neil or, or Mike Domagala saw Jimbo at the hotel and, and early in the weekend and said, oh, man, I know y'all are looking forward to this because it's going to be hot this weekend. And it's kind of funny that it worked out that it was those two cars in the final. And, you know, Leah's absolutely positioned herself now to make a run at this championship. You know, she's just been dead solid going rounds. And uh, I know for me, you know, when we rolled up there and, and staged – from the moment we hit the gas, if you look at the time slip, we were identical on the starting line. And then, you know, the numbers start clicking. I think she was a foul quicker at 60. And then we, we picked up a little bit at 330. But from the time we left, I could hear her car. And I had mentioned earlier about looking over or whatever. This was one of those runs where I just made myself pick my target at the finish line because I'm like, she is right beside me. I could just hear her car right there. And so I picked my target, drove it through the finish line. And uh, it was huge when I saw that wind light, you know, because her car was was making actually, you know, according to ETs, making better runs than we were the previous runs. But we kept the belt on the thing all the way to the finish line. And uh, I don't even know what we went for speed, but it went over 330 to the to the finish line. And whoo. Another Wally. That's what I know. Yeah, three thirty-one with a three seventy-five eight, three seventy-seven-five at three twenty-seven for Leah. Great race. Like regardless, yes. one uh, like entertainment value. Entertainment value. It was great stuff. And now you're one hundred and fifty-two out of the lead. You're having your best career season in the NHRA. It's not over yet. You're in the middle of a fight. I see Greg Anderson is down there. I'm going to bring him on in a second. But before we do that, Keelan has delivered. Uh, oh I, here we go. Dang, this is it. I taught him to how to fall out of a big truck, almost ended a career before it started. <laughs> what is he talking about, Clay? Well, he is correct. So Keelan and I have been friends since I, I don't know, I was 14, 15 years old, whatever the case may be. He lives in Drummond's. He, he had moved to Drummond's when I was like 14, 15 years old. And when Peter Lehman bought all the equipment for us to go top fuel racing from Tommy Johnson Sr., we went to Ottumwa, Iowa in January. Actually, I think it was January or December 31st, somewhere in the, and it was freezing, freezing cold outside. A little bit of snow on the ground, a little bit of ice on the big truck. And I didn't know how to drive a big truck, but Keelan did. So, you know, I go to climb into this Kenworth, all bouncing around like, like a, you know, a wild Indian because I was so happy that we're, leaving Ottumwa, Iowa, headed to Drummond's with a top fuel car. When I went to get in the truck, I definitely found my way to the ground. And it's no shortfall from the uh, side of a Kenworth down to the ground. And I busted my butt. And it was one of those things where uh, I knew everybody saw it because I was looking at Keelan's eyes as I went out <laughs> to the ground. And uh, he's right. You know, the whole top fuel thing could have ended right there in Ottumwa, Iowa before it started. <laughs> Yeah, how terrible would that have been? Like I was hoping. Oh, it wasn't terrible. It was hilarious. It was definitely hilarious. The way I went, you know, it was like a uh, yes. That gravity, it's amazing how it'll just pull you <laughs> right down. <laughs> Thank you, Keelan. And anybody who wants to meet Keelan, you can swing by Hot Rod Randy's Horsepower Headquarters when you go to pick up your WFO radio stickers at any of the next races. Uh, it is going to be great. I always swing by there, see Keelan, see Tamara. And that's kind of interesting because uh, we got a connection because uh, Greg Anderson is our next guest. Before we bring on Greg, tell me about 
Obviously, you know, Jimmo has been working this year with his great and personal friend, uh, Bruce Reed, who is here. And we want to know if he's he was going to leave. He was going to go back home for one race. And this was it. And I think he's still going because he's obligated. They just resigned their sponsor. They got a new I think a new track down there. There's a lot of stuff where we're trying to stay as connected to yep. our drag race Australia friends as is possible. But just continue to speak on what an addition an accidental addition almost he has been to your team well i mean him and bruce reed is who we're talking about you know i think been involved with 22 top fuel world championships all in all between you know jim reed his brother phil and so he's been here for several months now and he blames me and donna for that because i had called him on his 60th birthday and kind of asked if you know there was some way he could come over and basically be you know, Jimmo's right-hand man and, and having a good sounding board for Jimmo was really, really important. And it was really cool this weekend. Actually, last race, uh, his brother Phil come, who drives their top fuel car, he came over <clears throat> and wanted to stay for a couple races. And then Bruce got a huge surprise on Friday, I believe it was. Unknown to him, his son and future daughter-in-law came in surprised him and uh so they were here for the weekend and also got to experience you know their first time being at an nhra race in st louis you know winning all those rounds with with bruce helping tune the car you know and uncle phil there you know it was it was pretty dang cool yes they did leave because they have their first race of the season coming up so they they all hopped on the plane taking that long ride home but Bruce will be back for Vegas and Pomona. We will definitely miss him in Dallas this weekend. He's been a tremendous addition to our team. Uh, him and Jimmo are that they might as well be brothers as well. And the whole family, his significant other, as he says, soon to be wife Kim, has been here for a lot of the races as well. She's become a a huge part of our hospitality side of things. I mean, she just has jumped right in and uh, went to work on the hospitality side. So yeah, we've now got like some Australian family that we're going to miss this weekend in Dallas, but they'll be back for Vegas and Pomona and we're, we're going to miss them. Yeah. I, no, it's great. And I love bringing the drag racing worlds together in uh, multiple ways, whether it be Australia and the United States and seeing, seeing that uh, they have a lot of fans down there, right? And yes. they hopefully are all paying attention to what we're doing here. And they've got many, many reasons to, uh, I think about Richie Crampton and the success that he had mm -hmm. uh, here in the States and countless others. All right. Uh, what's your time status, Clay? Do you have to run? Are you chilling with us? What's the deal? I'm not going anywhere till uh, I get to talk to uh, the, you know, the, the great Greg Anderson. Exactly. I mean, holy moly. Good Good plan. So let's you you uh, stick with me for the Greg Anderson interview and let's pepper him with questions uh, because he has won back to back pro stock races and has like climbed from what some would call irrelevance, which was never true. Right. That was just a bad stat to second in the points. Let's bring him on. Mr. Greg Anderson. What's up, G.A.? Welcome. Good morning, gentlemen. Hi, Clay. How are you, brother? You look a lot like me these days. It's just easier. No it helmet is. hair that way. It is low maintenance. Hey, and, and we might as well get into it. Yes, the hairline's back a little bit from what it was years ago. And you know what? I don't care. I don't care either. Yeah. We're still here. Nobody cares about people's hair. Hair is just very overrated. <laughs> These guys who spend all the time on their hair. What jerks. 
(laughs) (laughs) So, Greg, you won two in a row now, and you're climbing up the points, and you said something that everybody, like, noted when you said, "We're we're not out running them, but we're out racing them. Can you explain what that means? Well, basically, Joe, I think Clay knows exactly what we mean. Even if you're not the the fastest car on the grounds, and, and I guess, to be honest with you, we haven't been the last few races. Unfortunately, that's definitely costing us bonus points in qualifying, and obviously the competition is grabbing all of them. So that's going to be a double challenge for us to try and get around. But come Sunday, that racetrack changes, Joe. It changes round by round. It's a different racetrack first round than it is second round. It's a different racetrack third round than second round and so on. And you have to make changes as you go through the day. And and basically, it, it just flat gets trickier and trickier the longer you go in the day. And, and uh, I don't know that anybody knows the real secret to, to mastering that, but somehow my guys have done a great job with it the last two races. And my car's been able to maintain the speed it's had pretty much through the day while the other cars have kind of slowed down after first round. And that's why you know, maybe first round we got outrun. Second round we got a little bit closer. By third round we could run with the fastest cars, and, and uh, that's what it takes, Joe. You, you got to manage that racetrack on Sunday, just like the fuel guys have to do every round, every run that they go down the racetrack. We have to really worry about it on Sundays, not necessarily so much in qualifying. We, uh, you know, it, it's a different run sequence in qualifying. We run before the fuel cars in qualifying, and it basically one of the things we've been able to identify is that what makes things different is all of a sudden. We reverse order on Sunday. We run behind the fuel carts. Well, that fuel tire obviously is a difference. A Goodyear tire, just like ours is, but there's a million different compounds of rubber they use on these tires when they build them. It's a different compound. It's a different tire, basically, than we use. So if you're, say, the first car to run in pro stock following the last pair of top fuel or funny car, it's tricky. That starting line is tricky. Once you get a few pro stock cars have gone across that starting line, then it becomes more friendly to our pro stock cars. So you have to factor that in. And and basically what you have is first round, you have eight pairs of cars. And if you qualify well, you can be number five, six, seven, or eight. You can pick your order. The guys that have to go out number one, usually the number eight and nine qualifier, it's a different race setup to go up there and be the first pair behind the fuel cars. So once you go into second round, well, the farthest back you can be is fourth pair. Somebody's going to be first, second, third, and fourth. By the time you get to semifinal, you're either first or second pair behind the fuel cars. So that's, in our mind, why it gets trickier to race on Sunday. And, uh, you know, like I said, nobody knows the exact formula that it takes. And you can't necessarily feel with your foot or with the grip-o-meters or whatever that it's that different, but it absolutely acts different to the tire. And it's it's a constant battle to try and figure out just how much you have to change your car run by run and and. A lot of times we fail at it, Joe, but we haven't the last two weeks. We, we, we've done a great job of it and, and been able to capitalize on, you know, other people's missing it by a little bit. So had a, had a couple of a couple of great weeks and three to go. I, I think what what I can say after these last two races is not only, yes, have I found a way to, to get back in this fight, but I've saved some of my teammates' bacon. Oh man, getting into the fight too. Oh, you know? oh man, you have Matt, Hart- Matt Hartford and, and Dallas Glenn lost first round last week. If I had lost to say Erica Andrews as a semifinal, she had gone on to win the event. They'd be a long ways back right now. So would I. She'd be off and running. So you know, I, I kept it tight, and I, I gave us another opportunity, another chance to hang in there. She's got a a blazingly fast race car, as do her teammates, and, and they're uh, they're a handful right now. So that's all I can say. Clay, hit him with a question. 
So I want to go back on the track thing. And, and Greg, obviously, is you've, you've done this so many times. And the track thing, I had basically called Jimmo like leading into the week because I'm thinking I was told, and Joe, you might can confirm this, there were over 8,000 runs made down that racetrack in St. Louis the weekend before we got there. You know, they had the OG million there. And what we see with the fuel cars is they especially are not friendly to, you know, say the Hoosier and the Mickey Thompson. You know, there's some tracks we go to where there's a lot, a lot of sportsman cars and it gives us fits. You know, the, the different rubber on the racetrack definitely affects the cars. But I got to hand it to the NHRA. You know, I know they had to do a ton of work to to get the track to the position we were in after 8,000 laps had been made the weekend before. And so Greg, I, I do want to ask a question. So man, that's a, I haven't really thought about it from y'all's perspective of the run order. So when you go to that final round, y'all become first out. So you've got to change. You're telling me you, you basically have to change setup from semis to the final because pro Absolutely. stock goes out first. Absolutely. Positively. The, the difference from first to second is huge. The difference from second to third or fourth is mm -hmm. huge. The difference first round from first pair to eighth pair, it's tremendous, tremendous difference. And most people can't quite grasp that why that would be, but it's true. It's absolutely true. And when you, you know, get stuck up to be the first pair, first or first round or whatever, your number eight, number nine, or your number seven, or number 10, unfortunately, you have to go up there basically in defense mode. You have to kind of detune your race car and, and just manage it through low gear which in pro stock, low gear is everything to us. We have to find yep. a way to kill 60 foot, you know, and, and if we don't, you're just flat going to run slower down the racetrack. So that's kind of what you give up being first or second pair first round. You're probably giving up chance at lane choice for second round, just knowing that you can't possibly apply all the power, but you have to do better than any guy in the other lane. You have to win the round. So, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a tough, tough call, but but somebody gets stuck in that position every week. And same thing happens in qualifying. And, and uh, it's not as big a difference in qualifying, you know, because, like I say, the run order is is, is, is swapped. But yeah. it's still different. There's still every class that races in NHRA has a different compound of tire, rubber on the tire, whether it be a, everybody's good year. You have Hoosiers involved. Really a big difference, obviously, if you're going from a good year to a Hoosier or, or a Mickey Thompson or whatever. But even good year to good year, the different classes have yeah. different compound rubber. It makes a big difference. And right. you guys are you guys are stuck with the uh, tire spinning machine, I call it, with nitro tires on there. Exactly. And it absolutely changes it. And we've gone to racetracks before, you know, clay to test and their their tire rotator might have Hoosiers or something on it. Yeah. Well, good luck with that. You know, so yep. that, it's completely different. So very important that we have we follow as close as we can to the same tire we have. And that's why when we go test somewhere and there's nothing but pro stock cars there, it's it's game on. You never have a problem in low gear because it's the same rubber on the starting yeah. line every time. But that's not the case at NHRA national events. So, so I got to ask. I'm sorry, Joe, but I got to ask. I'm on, I'm I'm thinking about Mooresville. So when y'all go run over there, do you make sure that that it's your old tires that they're prepping the track with? 
Yeah, what what we do is we take our burnout car over there, Clay, and we we yeah. make burnouts on our tires, which we need yeah. to break our tires in anyway. So we'll go right. over there and spend you know hour and a half, two hours with our burnout car before we even attempt to make runs with our pro stock car. Same thing, whatever racetrack we go to, rent for yeah. the day to test. We'll bring the burnout car and make several runs with our pro stock Goodyear tire. Then it's game on, and then you can do whatever yeah. you need to do. But at the same time. That doesn't ex exactly equip you for what's going to happen in a national event. Yes, you can go to a, a racetrack and test things and test engine things and things like that. But as far as trying to adapt for changing starting lines, good luck getting that when you go run a racetrack. Yeah. All right. So I got a question that uh, that is preceded by another question. Hey, this burnout car. You know, Clay's got this YouTube channel. He's really trying to grow. And I think Clay driving the burnout car could be like a great boom for everybody involved. Can we make that happen? We could, you know, I don't know if you remember, but I think it was last fall, Chad Head and, I, and all the Coletta boys were over here at Z-Max. They had to shoot a commercial for Toyota. So they said, can you bring your burnout car out here and put some rubber on the racetrack so we can shoot this crazy commercial? Sure. So we took the burnout car over there and Chad was, he, he was dumbfounded by this burnout car. So he begged, can I get in that thing and make a lap? So we let Chad make a couple laps in the burnout car. He had a blast. So ask Chad about it. It's uh it's a different experience. He's like, I have no earthly idea. You guys had to do so much crap in that race car. He says it's not easy to do. So he he got a newfound respect for what we do in a, in a pro stock car, just getting in the burnout car. So, yeah, you're welcome anytime. Clay, you're in the burnout car, baby. All right, so Michael Heiner is out there. So we got by Jerry Don Tucker in the first round. Uh, Heiner points out that St. Louis is a VP uh, spray uh, traction compound track when we're not there, which is just another element that nobody thinks about. Like, what are they doing when uh, other, you know, things are going on there? But cue in on the uh, round against Michael Heiner. Since he's out there, you know, maybe you could uh, annoy him. Who's Michael Heiner? Oh, man. Michael, he does a wonderful Patreon show for us, Talks Pro Stock. It's really great. But uh, right now... Is he that little short guy that looks like that Bobby Hill guy? On You're attacking his height. That's a horrible thing. He's so smart. He's a wonderful... He says he wants his car back, Greg. That's what he says. Possession is nine tenths of the law, baby. <laughs> <laughs> in good time, Michael. In good time. In good time. He'll get it back. Q in on that run, though, right? Because they've had a good year. They're no pushover. Uh, Derek's good on the tree. But you, uh, you know, your thirty first round, your twenty five second round. You're, the the lights have really been where Greg Anderson has changed the game uh, in the past few races. Well, Joe, nobody's a pushover anymore in this class. I don't care who you run first round, second round, third round. I've, I've said it a million times now. It's like racing final round every time you go up there. And, and I think the last, I can't remember the last three or four at least times I think I've raced Michael Heiner, Derek Kramer. They've won. They, they've whipped my butt. So anybody can beat anybody out there right now. So they're all huge. And, yes, to come up like we did, he made a good run. I made a good run. We both cut good lights. My win light came on. It was my lucky day, Joe. Excellent. Uh, semifinal, Erica, Clay, like this is it. This is the clash of Titans. I'd pay for, for four out of seven, uh, you know, six out of 11, like whatever we could do to make these two run 10 world championships on the starting line. But Greg mentioned it with Hartford going out early and Dallas going out early. They were, you know, it's twisting in the wind in the last two races, if Erica goes on with the fastest car as number one qualifier and wins the race, and in both races, she and Greg ran each other, and Greg goes on and is victorious. That is just such a huge matchup. Tony Stewart said it on TV, and I uh, admire him for picking up on this so rapidly. 
that they feed off of each other, right? Like there's this mutual symbiotic energy going right back to the very first, her very first win. Um, pretty cool. When you see a run like that, Clay, like fire off a question to GA about this intense run. Ask him something serious so it's not me doing it. I mean, I'm I'm going to show my age here, but to me it's, it's Ali Frazier. You know, the, Greg and Erica, you know, uh, I feel like the rivalry does this, you know, y'all kind of go back and forth, you know, they, they have their runs and, and I'm going to be totally honest. I love the Ender sisters and I, and I love you too, Greg Anderson, but that is something that the fans are paying to see is you two guys. And, and it's become the teams, you know, the, the horsepower wars basically between you and the elite team. And, uh, and when I was, Roaming around there this weekend, I'm like, I think the elite team now has more trucks and trailers there than John Horse does. You know, it's, it's like everywhere you look, they're everywhere. Now, I mean, Greg, I know you do too. You've got, you know, teams, but it's just like a sea of red trucks and trailers down that pro stock aisle over there, you know. And so I can't imagine what it's like to have that rivalry. Well, actually I can, but I have to go back to my IHRA days with Bruce Litton, where, you know, every time that we staged, we were definitely looking to, to, to crush the other car. And yeah. I, I'm assuming it's that way for you, Greg. It is, and it is for them too, Clay. And, and like you said, they're everywhere. They're absolutely everywhere. Not just the trucks, the trailers, the race cars, the drivers, the, the, the quality teams. They're everywhere. And, and, and this particular race, first round, was a complete slaughterhouse for us here at KB Titan. Everybody, everybody on this team, it seemed like, got waxed first round except for myself and Derek Kramer, and we had to run each other second round. So uh, either way you looked at it, no matter how we went forward after second round, there was only going to be one KB car left and, and uh, surrounded by all these sharks, you know, these elite bloodthirsty sharks. They're all fast. They're all great drivers. And, and you know, that rivalry with Erica, it, it's been absolutely fantastic over the years, and, and, and I'm – I'm I'm absolutely thrilled and excited that it still is. You know, obviously I'm not a young chicken anymore, and and she's she's not old. She's way the hell younger than I am, but she's older than all these young cats out there. And, and we've kind of joked a little bit the last couple of years that somehow, some way, even though these guys are all lightning fast and they all cut great lights, the two of us, elder statesmen, whatever you want to call us, we've been able to hold them off. And here we are in the third year, and we're still. Not only holding them off, but, you know, we're the top two cars going in the last three races somehow. Don't ask me how. And, and I just know that all these young kids, the the, the Troy Coughlins, the the, the, the the Dallas Glens, the I mean, the, the list just goes on and on and on with all of the Aaron Stanfields and Kyle Koreskis. They just know this has got to be their year. We finally got to get around these old timers, you know, and. Don't get me wrong. I'm not calling Erica old, but she is older than those cats are. So yep. they got to be just shaking their head right now. How did they do it again? How did they get to the top? They didn't even go into the playoffs on top. How did they get to the top already? So they got to just absolutely have just blood in their eyes. They want us so bad. And and we're trying all we can do to, to keep it together and stay ahead of them. And when we match up against each other, it's just Titanic. It's absolutely Titanic. So I can't honestly remember, Clay, the last time we went to two races and we had two huge races like that together, and I came out on top on both of them. We always go back and forth and back and forth. And yeah. two in a row, that's uh, – it's incredible, and I'm very proud of that. But but it means nothing except now we're starting over with three races to go. we got at least a half a dozen cars that are all 
grouped in a pile right now. Any one of them can win it. I can't pick the favorite. I guarantee she can't pick the favorite. All we know is we're two of them, and we got a chance. Yeah, she was 19, Clay, and left second. Greg was 002 on the tree. <laughs> and, like, you know, digging down deep to get what you need to get in the moment, uh, which sets up a big final round against – Aaron Stanfield, one of those young lions. He's 28. Greg, you're 21. So you left first again and you outran him 55 to 209 to score your victory. The guys went crazy on the starting line. Uh, big deal to win two in a row for the first time since 2019. Yeah, People are talking like that's a long time. I guess it is. Not only two in a row, Joe, but I was 0 for 2023. I hadn't, I didn't even sniff the final round. I think I made one final round earlier in the year, but I hadn't sniffed anywhere near a victory up until these last two weeks. So it's been huge for me. It's been a, a you know, a season saver or whatever you want to call it. It has definitely made me stop questioning myself. Can I still do it? Can I still win? I guess I can. So I'm going to keep digging and keep trying to keep trying to win again until I really can't win. And, and I don't know when that is, Joe. As I said before, it could be next week. Could be the last time I ever win, or this week could be the last time I ever win. It could be three years from now. I don't know. I'm just going to do it as long as I possibly can, and, and uh, thank the Lord that I'm still able to do it, to be honest with you. Heiner taking a shot, says it's not 002, it's 123 go. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> How many of these postdoc cars has Michael Heiner driven exactly? I forget. Zero. He That's says he never wants speaking. to do it either. That, well, that so he continued this, uh, he continued yeah. this kind of form of a, attack. Uh, Okay, so here we are, one and two in points. You and Erica, she's got a lead, um, but it's not very much. 25 points, Hartford 38 back, Dallas 64 back, Aaron 73 back. I think that the championship will be decided among those racers. You got a week off before you head to Dallas. Everybody's going to Dallas. I'm going to Dallas this week. But, um, you know, what's going to be the key, right? Uh, Clay, dive in with some racer stuff. Ask Greg some poignant questions. Actually, I, I want to go back to the driver's side of things. So, Greg, you're talking about 0 for 23 and 23. How much, and maybe, you know, maybe you think about this, maybe you don't, but from when you started driving, how much has your role changed to now trying to take care of so many customers, so many things? Do you probably maybe lose some focus on your driving? Because in your brain somewhere, you're worried about Derek Kramer's car. You're worried about Cal Caretzi's car. Do you think that probably has changed things? Yeah, I think it's changed a ton for me, Clay, but, I, but I'm not going to whine about it. It's absolutely the new business model. It's what yeah. we have to do to keep this sport alive, to keep this class alive. And, and, and yes, I've said it a million times, five, ten years ago, all I had to worry about was finding a way, myself and Jason Line, to make our two race cars as fast as we possibly could. And if we had to happen to have to race each other, made the best man win, there was never any any worry about that. Didn't have to worry about anybody outside of our shop. Now it's, I have to worry about all these customers that I have. I have to do everything under my power to make them as fast as my race car, or I fear I won't have them as a rental customer and we need that that's the new business model is very hard you know to acquire enough sponsorship these days to cover the nut and so that's been the alternative for us that's the way we bring in extra sponsorship basically is with the rental customers so if you don't make them happy i feel they go away i, I just learned enough over my years in it in, in watching other businesses you have to take care of the customer or you won't have a customer going forward. So that's the way it's been. And it absolutely results in, in less victories for myself, obviously. Mm -hmm. and, and 
it's the way it is. I have to live with it. I've still had a great career. And I'm still very fortunate I get to be able to go out there and do it every day. So I'm good with it. I'm absolutely good with it. And I, I have now come to be, I'm just as happy when any one of my teammate wins. I think, well, maybe not quite as much as me, but pretty darn happy when one of my teammate wins, certainly when my team wins over the elite team or whoever out there. So it's, you know, it's, it's a different way of racing, but it's the new way and it's here to stay. I got accepted and I have, and I'm fine with it going forward and, and uh, just going to do the best I can as long as I can, but absolutely a lot of hats to wear. Absolutely a lot of hats to wear. And with the new, the, the new merger this year with the, with the Titan group and, and new ownership. Yeah. A lot of things to figure out, a lot of things to make happen, but it's all for the better. Every bit of it's for the better. So I'm not going to sit here and complain about it. It's too much. It's occupies too much, too much of my time. I'm not going to whine. It's all for the better. I just got to figure out how to make it work the best I can. And, and uh, you're fortunate. I still get to race. I'm with you on that. I, I, I do whatever it takes to, to do this. I mean, I don't want to go back to the Kroger food warehouse driving a forklift for a living. You know, right. what's uh, the alternative, right? I mean, yep. we don't want to do anything besides this. We're very fortunate to do what yep. we do. We get to do what we love to make a living at it. You know, we, we don't have a job. We can't consider it yep. a job. We love what we do. So yep. you can't consider that a job no matter how hard you work. Exactly. A uh, couple questions out there. Mark wants to know, uh, Cody, what's the plan? Does he get to drive the burnout car? Yeah, he definitely gets to drive the burnout car, and, and, and I've certainly tried to make it known to everybody as soon as I finally drag my crusty old butt out of the seat, I'm going to give Cody a chance, and, and I, I just told him, be patient. That, that could be very near. It could be a little bit down the road. I don't know, but be patient. I was 37 before I got a chance to drive a pro stock car, any race car, so he's got plenty of time, and, and uh, he's looking forward to it, and he, he's being patient. He's... Uh, He's learning things every day as far as working on the race car. He's wearing a lot of different hats now. So, uh, you know, he's come a long way in the last three, four years. Before, five years ago, it was 100% golf. And and now he's learned a ton about racing and working on race cars and every bit about it. So there's time yet for him to, to get behind the wheel. And it's going to happen someday, Joe. I just can't tell you the exact day yet. Obviously, plans might have changed a little after the last two weekends. It's probably not going to be next week. Yeah, the retirement plan is off. But we got to see you guys race each other at some point, though. That's like yeah, that'd be cool, mandatory. And I, I want to throw in there: you said thirty-seven, I was thirty-two. So, yeah. Cody, you got plenty of time. Got plenty buddy. of time. Plenty yeah. of time. And, you know, yeah. you can look at it the other way too, right? I just start till thirty-seven, and I got like over a hundred wins. If I start him at twenty-five, got to think my record's in jeopardy, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> if I delay it as long as I can, maybe that record will stand a little longer. I don't know. I don't think that way, but but uh, he got plenty of time and he's learning every day. So, oh, that's a quick. I got a quick question. So who? And I don't know the answer. Who has more Wallys, you or Dan Fletcher? I think Dan Fletcher's at like one hundred and three, one hundred and seven, one hundred and three. So I don't know the answer to that. Greg is 103. I think Fletcher just won, a, won 106. 106. So it's very close. He's got me yeah. covered. Yeah, for the moment. But he's, he's quite you know, a racer. Yes, he's he is. Yeah. You're, yes, picking he up, is. you're picking up steam again is, is what's happening. So what I noticed, uh, Greg, uh, we talked about Clay and Rick Ware racing, running Leah Pruitt and Tony Stewart racing in the final round of Top Fuel, while the HendrickCars.com machine in Pro Stock has won the last two races in a row. What's happening with this NASCAR takeover of NHRA drag racing, guys? You got to love it, right? I think it's great for the sport. I think it's fantastic. They're, they're obviously all quality individuals and they brought a lot 
NHRA drag racing, I think. And, and I think the more of them that come in, the more will follow behind. So I think it's all great. What 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 more can you say about a guy like Rick Hendrick or or, or Tony Stewart for guys? I mean, everybody loves the guy and, and Rick Ware, what a personality he is. So there there I think there'll be more to come. I think it's great. I love it. I think our sport needed it, and I think it's benefiting from it. I'm excited about it. I, I know I'm having a blast with it. Mr. Hendricks having a blast with it. So it's all good, Joe. All right. So I just got a note and I'm going to ask Clay. Okay, Clay, this is for you. Greg and Erica have raced 53 times in eliminations. Do you want to guess like what the breakdown is? <laughs> I don't even know. Clay. I yeah, don't no, know. Nobody knows. I, I only know because it was just texted to me. See, I, feel, I feel like it's about five Greg and about 50 to Erica, but maybe it's not quite that way. I don't know. I'd be interested here. Yeah, I've got the answer. You'll get the answer. Clay, if you nail this, I'll, I'll buy you dinner somewhere. Well, I, since Greg said that, I'm going – I don't know either, but I'm, I got to believe it's near 50-50, but just to say a number, I'm going to say 60% Erica, 40% Greg. I, yeah, I, I don't know. Get this. Okay, we're talking about the rivalry, the 10, the 10 championships between them, et cetera, and so on. In the 53 head-to-heads and eliminations, this is according to NHRA's media department, which just uh, texted me. Thank you, Josh. Erica leads 27 to 26. It's wow. nearly 50-50. Like that's, uh, and it's an odd number, so it couldn't be actually 50-50. Uh, one of the greatest rivalries of all time is the text that I received. Thank you, Josh, for uh, sending me that. Can you believe that? Like, how is that possible? That's insanity. That is, that's crazy. That, that's why, I, like I said, it felt so weird to, to do it two times in a row. I, I can't remember that happening very many times, to be honest with you. Two times in a row that, you know, when so much has been on the line, especially, and, and uh, you lock horns and I came out on top. It's, as I said, I would have guessed it had been about 10% for me and 90% for her. <laughs> yet and still, though, she leads the points and hasn't won a race in the countdown yet, which you know she's probably going to. It's a shock. She, you know, going to Worldwide Technology Raceway, she had won four consecutive races there. Vegas, she is the all-time win leader in Vegas. Like, these are tracks that she's really good at. You'd imagine she's going to get a win in the countdown. So... How do you blunt that, right? We, like you have to do something. We have got our hands full, Joe. There's no question about that. She's got a blazingly fast race car right now. She's got teammates with blazing, blazingly fast race cars. It's uh, She's getting bonus points like through the roof every race she goes to. As you said, she hasn't won a playoff race yet. I've won two, and I think Matt Hartford's won one. She's still leading the points. She didn't even go into the playoffs number one. And she's still leading. So that shows you how many bonus points she's been able to get and how huge that is in the playoffs. So uh, that's that's certainly a huge concern of ours, Joe. You know, you can you can race your guts out on Sunday, and we have been. But if you give up 10, 15, 20 points before you even get to race day every week, it, it's a tough mountain to climb. And, and that's where she is right now. So there's certainly, you know, one thing that we've got to figure out before we get to Pomona, we've got to find a way, whether it's it's if we can find one horsepower, two horsepower, three, four, whatever, we've got to find a way to narrow that gap where we can get some of them qualifying points. So that's the goal this week. I've got every engine we've got apart right now. My engine, Dallas's engine, Kyle's engine, all our team engines apart, trying to find something better, a little bit something better where we can try and get some of them qualifying points and, and uh take some away from her. Otherwise it's going to be a steep mountain. We know that Joe, that's just reality. Clay, final question for Greg. This, this is going to be zero to do with anything we've just been talking about, 
but it, it, it is at the same time. So I was so wanting Kyle Koretsky to win at Reading, and he did an amazing job mm-hmm. for the amount of pressure that that kid had to be under, yep. you know, at the House of Chaos, you know. Do you think it's just a matter of it's going to happen when it's supposed to happen, Greg? I mean, because he really did a great job. At, he's, he's done a great job, period. But at Reading, I was, I was impressed with Kyle. I was so proud of him there. You're right. People don't understand the pressure he's under. First of all, he's running that racetrack at the same time he's trying to run the race. The guy's out there hauling trash barrels between rounds of qualifying, between rounds on Sunday. He's taking tickets at the gate. He's doing everything. He's dealing with the public problems, fires everywhere. That's what he deals with. On top of that, his dad, (laughs) Captain Chaos, (laughs) always in his ear, and he wants him to win bad. So for him to do what he did that day and and make it to the final and, and Yes, I, I felt the same way you did. I hoped and prayed he could find a way to win that. You know, it happened to be he came up to up against one of my other teammates, Matt Hartford, and you can't root for either one. But how could you not wish, you know, hope for Kyle to win his home track, home race? So it was kind of a neat deal because Eddie Granacci works for Matt Hartford. Eddie and Kenny and Kyle are like that. They've grown up together. So yep. it's like Kenny had the best of everything in the final, but you know him and, his, and Kyle's mom. Certainly wanted Kyle to get that done, and he was so close to getting it done. And we feel horrible. His car shook the tires, and we messed up. We messed up on the starting line. It's that that tricky deal again, being first yep. behind, behind the field cars, and we missed it, and, and Matt didn't. So, uh, unfortunately, Kyle lost that great opportunity, but he did a great job. He's doing a great job every week, and, and uh, he's absolutely win-waiting to happen, without a doubt. And, and he's become a very, very, very talented driver. He's progressed every year and he's absolutely a win waiting to happen any race so proud of the guy proud of what he goes through every day proud of what he's been you know been able to do and we love having him around he's a great great kid i love the kretzky family i mean you know kenny owned the top fuel team that i drove for for a while and you know kenny jr karen the T-Bird, I mean, they're just a great family, and what they've done at Reading is they're impressive. Great. Look what they did at Reading. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. It's just yeah. absolutely awesome. And to see the, the turnout the last two years at that racetrack, kudos to them. That's how yeah. you run a racetrack. That's exactly what we need, yep. you know, and, and very, very proud of them. We Me had too. sellouts sellouts at two of the first three uh, countdown races, Worldwide Technology Raceway in Reading. Um, but uh, in the one we didn't have a sellout is one of the biggest facilities on the entire tour. It's like a massive, massive place. And I wonder if we had taken the crowd from Worldwide Technology Raceway on Saturday and placed it at ZMAX Dragway, what would it look like, right? Probably would look like the crowd we had out there. So um, yeah, they, just- they are huge grandstands, Joe. You got you to realize that. Those are huge, huge grandstands, and it's a lot, a lot of people to fill them. So, yeah, it, it's it's disappointing, obviously, my home track. So it's disappointing we don't fill them every time, but they're huge. They're, they're big. <laughs> hey, I got one I more. Know, I got one there's more there's a lot of ways for the race fan in Charlotte to divide their attention. Uh, let's just put it that way. You know, Clay, remember, remember Z-Max, was covered, Z-Max was covered with dirt by uh, the motocross thing. Remember that, Clay? Oh, I got yeah. A, I got a spy report that this guy, like, got off a plane or something. He didn't go home. He went straight to the track. He, like, snuck in the back gate to, to check out the track. Greg, tell us that story. I did when we landed. From, I guess it was after Reading, wasn't it? The, the, the Sunday yes. after Reading? Yeah, Sunday after Reading. And I drove right from the airport to the racetrack because I couldn't believe what I had seen on, on the Internet with, with the pictures of this dirt on the racetrack. So I drove out there and, like, 
there's no way we're going to have a national drag race event here in two weeks. It's impossible, absolutely impossible. There's no way they'll get all this dirt picked up. They had hundreds of, of diggers and dump trucks and everything flying around, but it's like they weren't even making a dent in the amount of dirt they had out there. So I said, it's probably not going to happen. So I sent a few pictures around to, you know, to friends, Jad Head and, and, and Joe, and you're not going to believe this, but I don't know, we're going to be racing in two weeks, but they got it done. They, they got it all cleaned up and we had a great race surface here. So, <clears throat> amazing what they can do i guess amazing what money can do i guess what it comes down to yeah, yeah. Behind money, and get done. money yeah. and manpower well great greg thank you so much appreciate it. is there anything you want to say to the fans out there before we let you go well obviously you got everybody got to keep tuning in to, the, to this great sport nhra drag racing and not only our class but but clay's class so proud of you so proud of jimmo love the man like a brother of mine so great to see you win there i had a ball with it in the winter circle and, and uh keep tuning in these last three races I have no earthly idea what's going to happen, but it's going to be good. Absolutely. It was really fun for me when I got out of the car down there and, and Greg comes over and he's like, the old guys can still get it done. And we, we, we had a, a, a quick little man hug there that, that made me feel really good coming from, from <laughs> Greg that, that, uh, you know, he knows what it takes. And then when you're fortunate to win one of these things, you definitely enjoy them. I don't care how many of them you've won. And it's so funny, Clay, because these young guns that we got in the sport, they could give a crap less who you are and how many wins. They, they don't, that doesn't even register to them, right? <laughs> they just know they're better than you and they're going to beat you. So they're, they're so cocky and they're so confident, which is great. That's fantastic. That's the way it should be. So it's, yeah, you, you kind of get a kick out of it when you do hold them off and you win an event you know, at least one time anyway. Yep. Yep. One last thing. So I'm in the car and I'm watching Greg and I'm like, Oh man, he got the dreaded left lane as well. You know, both of us got moved over to that left lane. Nobody wanted it. And dang, somehow, some way Greg screwed up the burnout. I'm like, Oh boy. Did you, this did is you see that nice burnout I made? That wasn't that special. <laughs> it's how easy it is for your mind to wander for just a second and get caught and do something dumb. And, and when that happens, you're like, should I just shut it off now and get out of the car, put a bag on my head and walk back to the pit? Or what should I do? Or should I just act like nothing happened and go up there and hope for a miracle? And that's what I did. I, I tuned it out. I forgot about it. I went up there and car made a run like, like, like everything was fine. So sometimes you just can't figure it out. What does the racetrack really want? Sometimes you just don't know. Okay, so Clay just, uh, we know you got to go try to win a world championship, right? But you're stuck on WFO now. And Clay just brought something up, like a connection. So first of all, Hartford muffed the burnout in the final of the U.S. Nationals. He won it. You right. muffed the burnout right here. And, and something just triggered in my mind, Clay mentioning that, because I forgot all about it. Total pass for GA. GA, first run in pro stock car. Didn't you have some sort of weird burnout incident? <laughs> yeah. Clay. First run in top fuel car. Didn't you have some sort of weird burnout? You people never forget anything. What you're, together, you're together now. You both have this thing. This 20, 30 years parents. ago. That's, that's old history. We can't bring that up again. But you're together. You're never together. That Michael Heiner brings it up, I swear, every race I go to. I still remember your first burnout, buddy. Yep. <laughs> just tops you right off of the knees. Yeah, you notice I'm being really quiet because I was ready to go ask for my forklift job back after <laughs> exactly. I did it. You just want to get out of the car, put a bag on your head, go hide. But isn't that amazing, though? Like, I'm looking at it from the positive perspective, guys. <laughs> the positive. Yeah. Off that way and what, where did you find that, actually? <laughs> both risen to the highest heights. All right. <laughs> 
GA, we're going to let you go. Go back, find some horsepower. Thank you for spending time with us. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate it. Have a good weekend, guys. There he goes, Greg Anderson with us here on WFO. Clay, thank you for hanging out for that. That was awesome stuff. That was so fun. I mean, Greg's a legend, and it's an honor to be on the screen with him. Yeah, great stuff. And that thing at the end, like you brought that up. I didn't bring that up. You brought that up. Burnout <laughs> problems, right? Exactly. But it, it tells you something, though. Like there, you shouldn't quit just because you stumble out of the gate. And uh, and look at the careers that you've both had. Any final thought for the audience out there before I let you go, Clay, and uh, enjoy the rest of your day? My my final thought is is stampede of speed. That's what's coming up. I mean, it's a, a week long event. There's going to be nonstop things going on, and if you can somehow, some way, make your way to Ennis, Texas, next week's going to be amazing. Nonstop racing action. Who knows what all they got going? And I can't wait to get there and. I'm thinking about a custom cowboy hat Sunday afternoon is what I'm thinking. Ah, I think that would be an amazing trophy of all the amazing extra bonus trophies, ice cream scoops, et cetera, wine goblets. Uh, that is one that uh, everybody wants to get. And then you would get invited to the champions dinner forever and all these great stampede of speed bonuses that they've got going on. I fly out tomorrow and I will be there from Thursday night this week till the following Monday when we get home. So I'm going to experience the whole stampede of speed, the cattle drives, Scott Palmer. It's all happening and it's going to be wild. When do you get in? Like, what's your plan? I will be there Tuesday. Nice. We got Jags All-Stars, by the way. That's a big, big deal. Big deal. All-Stars racers. So uh, cool. You're going to be there on Tuesday. We'll hang out. It'll be fun. Sounds good. Clay, thank you so much. Thank y'all for having me on. Can't wait to see you in Dallas. Big D, baby. All right, Clay, congratulations. Three wins on the season. Clay Milliken with us here on WFO Radio. Way to go, Clay. Clay Milliken. How about that? Him and GA. Yes. So I'll tell you the secret, right? Like uh, yesterday, I was doing the show and still recovering from the weekend and thinking, like, I'll just do this show today. Me and Reinhardt, it's going to be good enough and everyone will love it and be appreciative of the content. And then while the show's going on, people are like, hey, you know, are we going to hear from Clay? And I'm like, oh, man, you know, people want to hear from Clay. And so fired off the text to Clay. And he's like, yeah, of course, I'll come on the show. And then I thought, you know, I'm going to have Clay on. I'm going to do a show. Let's get GA in on the mix. And then so I think, uh, all right, Greg, you in on the show? He's like, yeah, I'm in on the show. So that's great. I got this great show queued up. It's going to be good. 12 noon, WFO Universe going to be there. Represent. We're going to do the show right before the show. I go to NHRA.com and I see Brian Lone's NHRA insider. And sometimes this happens. We cannibalize the same guests, the same guests. And it's Clay and GA on the show. And I'm like, oh, that's a bummer, man. Right. But we're not obligated to tell each other who we're going after for guests. And and, you know, like to get Hagen. Hagen is a very busy guy and there's a lot going on and Gage works. And so I just I had a moment of like quasi not panic, but like this one's got to be different. And I feel like it was different. Clay interviewed Greg Anderson. And that's why, you know, you should listen to all of the content out there in the NHRA universe. Because even if it's the same people, it's going to be something different. I hear Clay was on Shake and Bake as well. It's going to be different. We're going to try our best to make it different. All right, guys, put your comments in the comment section. Like, let's load those comments up. Your thoughts about Stampede of Speed, first three races of the championship, who's in, who's out, what's going on, all that jazz. Let me know, and I will tell you about the people who make it possible, like Frank Hawley's Drag Racing School. I'm always telling you, it's a great gift for the holidays. The Dragster Adventure. You or your friends or someone can drive a dragster. You send them on the trip. 
They get a certificate. They can redeem it at any time, wherever they want. When the Dragster Adventure comes around their town. Uh, that's the best way to do it. Frankholly.com. Get them a gift that they'll remember for the rest of their life instead of the garbage you normally get them. As simple as that. Like, hey, I sent you something on Amazon Prime. No, get them something that they're really going to love. Frank Hawley's Dragster Adventure. On that note, Marvin Rodak, coffeeandgrills.com, right above my head, that logo. Marvin Rodak is partnering with Camry Caruso this weekend, next weekend, at the Stampede of Speed. Rodak's Coffee is on board with Camry Caruso. It's going to be great. Rodak's has got a Stampede of Speed blend that he's got going on. Why don't you reach out to him and order some? 817-924-6821. Call Marvin. So you're enjoying your Rodax coffee while we're all out there at the Texas Motorplex. And we can all like have that combined uh, unified experience. Oh, how great is that? 817-924-6821. And then there's Sam Tech. Not really a Christmas gift. Not really a frivolous thing. This is your life. It's your career. Do you love building engines? Do you love hands-on stuff? How about getting that core and foundational education that'll make you a machinist that someone wants to hire? a CNC programmer, an EFI tuner. Judd Massengill, Linda Massengill, Brian Massengill down there in the Houston, Texas area. They said in the early 80s, we can't find machinists. And so they decided to start a school for machinists. And they're doing a great job, samtech.edu. Plus all the people on the bottom of the screen, Total Seal, FTI, Foggett, Bernie's, and Phillips Connect, all on board for WFO this year. Been very helpful to making us what we are. Like Clay said, been around a long time. A couple other things while you're populating your comments there so I can kind of go through them and see what's up. Our Patreon Listener Club. So much fun. You want to hear Michael Heiner fire back at Greg Anderson for this, uh, you know, the grave injustice we just experienced right there? You'll get your chance. The Hear It From Heiner Show is part of the Patreon VIP benefits. You got to, you know, you sign up month to month. But if you sign up for a year, I send you a T-shirt decals, patch, all kinds of swag. It's great stuff. And you're most importantly, you're part of the WFO universe behind the scenes that really keeps this show going. And um, try to make sure that they, they, they get information, maybe ahead of the masses, as any VIP would. And so patreon.com slash WFO radio. Our merch store is rocking. Sometimes the stuff goes on discount. You get Morris Motorsports swag, the fire t-shirt I was wearing yesterday, all that stuff. It's available and you can get it right through our mobile application or the website, the classic Miami Hollywood Speedway shirt where I grew up, me and Daryl Gwynn. Uh, that is probably the best stuff, you know? And here's a photo from pandemic times. Nobody wants to remember the mask era. So we, you know, I still got a bunch of masks and I'm not, like, I don't even want to think about that anymore. And also Project Pontiac. This is something that I'm super excited about. I mentioned the folks at Edelbrock uh, jumping on to help out. Project Pontiac is really interesting. Had a couple of conversations with Gary Stinnett. We're talking camshaft profiles, talking about how we're going to take this old bracket car and get it back on the track to run NHRA Super Street out there in uh, NHRA's Southeastern Division. And hopefully folks will be inspired and realize that they can do it too. And let's all go from in the bleachers to on the track together. So please uh, follow along WFO radio, but what a weekend it was for Greg Anderson gets the job done back to back. Thanks to Josh Hatchett for that incredible stat, the 53 races in elimination, Erica and Greg and their darn near 
50-50. That's insanity. But like, you know, Ali Frazier, Clay showing his age a little bit, but great rivalry. And that's what they are, a great and respectful rivalry. And they want to destroy each other on the track. All right, let's see what you got out there, guys. Final thought before we get out of here for the week. And I head to Big D, Dallas. Like, what am I going to wear my cowboy hat? Do I wear the cowboy hat like the whole time? I, I don't think so, right? All right, Monica. All right, first of all, here we go. Steven loves all the stories. Great stories, right? We could have kept on going with stories, but Greg's got to go find horsepower. Glad you did a show today. Turned out great. Thank you, Monica. I just like, you know, the guilt, right? No, man, we got to do a show. You got to tell the stories. You got to do the sh uh, show. McNeil Freeman. What's up, Mac? McNeil Freeman is out there. Awesome job. Thank you, McNeil. Great freaking show. Amp dog, like amping it up with the word freaking. Like that's how you know, like great show. Eh, great freaking show. Oh, wow. Just like wide freaking open. Greg and Clay together was great. It's like a social scene on here. That's what's different about WO, WFO, which is why you got to subscribe and click the bell and podcast and write us a review and all that stuff and buy that gear and all that stuff. Maybe you want some stickers. Go see Keelan. Now that everybody knows Keelan. Keelan, you're like a celeb now at Hot Rod Randy's Horsepower Headquarters. I have stocked them up with decals. So, you know, everybody comes up to me like, Joe, got any stickers on you? And of course I never do because I've got my, uh, you know, phobia of, uh, you know, losing stickers on the, on the track. And so Keelan's got them at hot rod. Randy's horsepower headquarters. Go say hi to Keelan WFO, the place to be Dylan. Amazing show today, Joe. Glad to see my two favorite drivers on there. How, isn't that funny how that works, Dylan? Great stuff. Uh, Mark, have you read Jimmo's book? Top fuel for life. Yes, I have a while back, but I did, um, you know, cover to cover. I don't, I don't want to say that the various sections. Yes, I have, but I have it. Uh, let's see. Will we get to see a live stream of any of the stampede? I don't really know what they're doing with live stream. I know that uh, various aspects of it, like I'm going to be doing a lot of social media from there. So please follow me W F O Joe on Twitter and Instagram. I've got a fun little bit up there right now. In fact, if you want to go check it out, me, uh, you know, Rowan a Liberty. Jesse Alexandra and Lenny Lodig. And I actually think that it's Lenny's simulator. Uh, and, and, and the real story is I went to Jerry Haas race shop on Thursday with Nikki NHRA social media director. And we've got a tour of Jerry Haas's shop, which many of you saw out there on NHRA social media. And they even played it on the Sunoco vision. And, uh, you know, Jesse's factory X car was there and Jerry had to go do something. So he put, Nikki and I on his practice tree simulator. And we got to go side by side using the practice tree, not with a button, but with the clutch pedal. So the next day I show up at the track and, and Jerry had been saying, go see Lenny Lodig's brand newest version of this simulator. Sure enough, Lenny's got the clutch pedal, the gas pedal, the Liberty five speed shift light tree, everything. It was great. And not only that, he was, like the practice tree gives you the amount of time between shift light and shift. And so I got in this thing with a shifter for the first time and that's up on my social media. You can go check it out. Like, how did I handle it? Did I tip over? Did I go on my roof? Go check it out out there on the, uh, the social media, but it was fun as heck. Like I'm addicted. 
immediately. You know, unclutch it, shift, 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 shift on the light, and it gives you all the data and readout. Uh, pretty cool. Great stuff. And you can go find that on uh, social media. I'll be doing a lot, as much as I can, out there at the Stampede of Speed. This guy just says, thank you. Thank you, Jim. Appreciate you. Will Top Fuel be testing at the Stampede of Speed? I'm under the impression that Wednesday is an open test day for anybody. So anybody who wants to. Uh, thanks, Joe. Great show, says Montana Carding. Heiner always has great stuff. Yes, he'll retort to Greg Anderson. That's the thing. And I've had people telling me this, and I'm eager to share it with every one of you. You may not like, like if you like pro stock, to hear it from Heiner show is maybe the, the best behind the scenes thing going in pro stock. Cause dude lets it fly. Number one, number two, it's not to a mass audience. It's just, it's to a VIP audience. So it's tight crew, tight crew. It's almost like a little seminar, except he's given his thoughts and opinions uh, about everything that's going on and telling us about tuning a pro stock car. And I've learned so much since he has started doing the hear it from minor uh, show on Patreon and big thanks to everybody who supports that because um, it's been amazing. Let's see what else. WFO. When is someone going to post a video of Joe announcing jet cars? We need to know about the fire. Not a lot of jet cars in 2023. Is it just me? The good news is the folks at the stampede of speed have supplied us jet cars and we're going to have jet cars and I'm going to yell fire. And it's great. It's part of my deal now, really like Michael buffer. When he says, let's get it, get ready to rumble. It costs $500,000. When I say fire, it costs $5. You got to start somewhere. Will I be at the pro shootout in February? Um, unknown. Unknown remains to be seen. It is in my home state, right? Like one way or another, I'll probably go see nitro cars across the state one way or another. And pro stock car. Stan, Joe, do you know enough? Uh, do you know if enough FX cars will show up at Vegas for it to be contested? I don't know. I feel like there was enough FX cars for it to be contested at Worldwide Technology Raceway, and it was three. Alan Johnson, first over 200, 202.55, a car that I was in and also shifted. I had a lot of experience with the Liberty this weekend. Worldwide, baby. Worldwide. Some pro teams are testing at IRP today. Thank you, Nikki. Nicole, excuse me, Nicole, Nicole Clark. Yeah. And there you go. Well, they should. It's the countdown, baby. It is the countdown. And so you better test. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this episode. What do I always tell you at the end of the show? Share the show. You're it. You're the marketing department. Going up against the big corporation. Going up against the Walmart. I'm the mom and pop. Uh, sandwich shop trying to survive making it on you know gumption and aggressiveness so when you share the show and you say hey this wfo guy is not so bad put him in your feed subscribe click the bell he'll say something funny every once in a while but you'll definitely get some good insights into the sport because yeah i'm always trying to create something trying to make it as best as i can trying to give a little insight and make me understanding into the sport of nhra drag racing because why the heck do I love it so much? Like, what's wrong with me? Right? And you go out there and you see Worldwide Technology Raceway. Packed. Fans from everywhere. Will WFO continue during the offseason? Yes, that is a WFO thing. Uh, we go through the offseason. We don't go like three, four days a week like we do normally. But we go. 
we do shows, we have fun, we have a holiday party. Um, that's all last year's stuff is all in the archive. You can go digging into the archive. So many people do. A lot of people catch up in the off season because they're weeks behind. Tracy, Joe knows. Joe knows some stuff. The thing is really is Joe's trying to learn as much as is possible. Joe tries to be a sponge and Joe doesn't know enough is really the answer. Joe doesn't know enough, but Joe wants to know. None of these really make great t-shirts, but they are the truth. And uh, and that's that. For your Patreons, check out the Hear From Heiner show. And everybody who supports, yeah, look at Michael Heiner. Look at this guy. Giving a young man an opportunity to sit in a pro stock car. That is great stuff. Stampede of speed. I cannot wait. I'm headed to Ennis. I'm headed there tomorrow. We're going to have a great time. Hopefully you will be there. It's going to be great. Thanks to Clay and Greg. Have a great week, everybody. WFO.